together, but I'm going to ask you before we do that, please take your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 13, Joshua chapter 13. I was trying to catch Brian Quinn's eye a little while ago to give him a thumbs up on that solo. He did a great job. Didn't Brian Quinn do a great job on that guitar solo? Amen. Well, as I said, in a few moments we're going to celebrate communion, but um, I would like to share with you a message that I believe is appropriate for us this morning. And uh, as you, I still hear Bibles uh, turning, so as you find your place, I'm going to make a couple of reminders. We will, as uh, Steve Turley said earlier, we will have service uh, tonight um, here uh, at, uh, in the sanctuary, adult service. And uh, somehow you know, on our calendar that got past our proofing that uh, there was no service, but that was for next week uh, when we have Chi Alpha Sunday. So we will have service tonight. Uh, the youth are going to be going to um, cookout, and so there'll be permission slips for that, parents, and so um, be here tonight uh, for that. Amen. And then also remember Wednesday night Bible studies that Steve Turley has already mentioned, the armor of God. Next Sunday is Chi Alpha Sunday. Come prepared for that. We always have a wonderful time with our Chi Alpha missionaries come representing your uh, team by wearing your team colors and be prepared to stay for a tailgating party afterwards. We'll have hamburgers and hot dogs. You bring a side dish and a dessert. We'll have a good time next Sunday. All right. I have a couple of messages remaining from the book of Joshua and uh, although the last several chapters of the book are really about some details that we might consider um, boring, uh, there are details about boundaries and uh, details about how the land was divided among the various tribes uh, of Israel. But I do have a couple of messages uh, remaining in this series. And in fact, the passage that I'd like to read this morning is from uh, one of those sections. And uh, so I would like to make it a little bit easier uh, to read this morning by uh, omitting some of the locations and some of the place names that it lists there. So if you're going to follow along with me in your Bibles as I read this morning from Joshua chapter 13, uh, I'm going to read verse number 1, and then I'm going to jump down to about the middle of verse number 6 and read uh, the last half of verse number 6 and then verse number 7. Okay, so be prepared to jump down, fast forward, if you will, after we read verse number one. Okay? Now Joshua was old and advanced in years when the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years, and very much of the land remains to be possessed. I will drive them, and here he's talking about the inhabitants of the places that he's just mentioned, I will drive them out from before the sons of Israel, only allot it, that is the land that he's just talking about, allot this land to Israel for an inheritance as I have commanded you. Now therefore apportion this land for an inheritance to the nine tribes and the half tribe of Manasseh. Let's pray. Father, we just pray that, Lord, you would meet with us, God, in these next uh, few minutes as we look at your word. And that, God, you would speak to us. God, we just pray that you would help us, God, to give way to the Holy Spirit this morning. I pray that, God, you would anoint me to preach your words. That, God, uh, you would just use me, Lord, in spite of myself. And that, God, you would anoint me to be able to preach your word effectively this morning. God, I pray that you would touch my tongue, my lips, 
that I might speak your word. God, touch our ears that we might hear what your spirit says to us this morning. God, I believe that there is uh, potential and there is promise in this moment that we have this morning. That God, you want to accomplish something. You want to do something in our lives and in our, in our church, God, that's going to bring you glory and honor. So help us to be attentive. Help us, Lord, to be responsive to your words. God, we pray that, Lord, you would bind every hindrance and every distraction, and that, God, you would accomplish your will. And I pray especially, Lord, for anybody who's here today that has not called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. I pray that you would deal with their hearts, convict them, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and bring them to that place, Lord, where they will make a decision to follow you. And God will give you the praise for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. Uh, Webster's Dictionary defines the word inheritance, and that's what I want to talk to you about this uh, morning for a few minutes. Uh, Webster's Dictionary defines the word inheritance as the acquisition of a possession, a condition, or a trait from past generations. Now, we have all inherited uh, certain things from our ancestors. Uh, good or bad, these things were passed down to us, uh, usually with no action or with no effort on our own part. We didn't do anything to receive it. We didn't do anything to earn it. It was passed down to us because of our relation with the person in the previous generation. So, for instance, we inherit physical traits uh, from our parents, such as the shape of our nose, uh, the color of our eyes, or the texture of our hair. Uh, we also uh, inherit psychological patterns or social behaviors or beliefs and uh, values. We inherit those things from our, from our parents. Irene tells me that when I'm with my dad, that I usually assume a, a different kind of my dad. I was born in Virginia, the mountains of Virginia, grew up in Newburn. Uh, she tells me when I'm with my dad and my brother who's still living in uh, Virginia, the mountains of Virginia, that I assume kind of switch into a different kind of dialect uh, when I'm with them than when I'm talking to other people. And it's because I, you know, you inherit those kind of things from, from your parents. And uh, you, don't, you don't do it consciously. Uh, it not always uh, something that you've learned. It's just something that is passed down to you. So we inherit physical traits. We inherit psychological patterns, social behaviors, mannerisms, beliefs, values. Uh, those are just some of the things that we inherit from our ancestors. Occasionally also, uh, we inherit material possessions. And so what our parents or our grandparents have uh, spent a lifetime of accumulating, when they pass away, they pass it along to their children and to their children's children. And so that's typically what we think about uh, when we talk about an inheritance, uh, material blessings or wealth that is passed along from one generation to the next generation. An inheritance is uh, the property or the possessions that our parents or that our grandparents leave to us. And it, it represents wealth that we have not earned right? It's wealth that we have not earned. It's nothing that we've worked for or that we've earned uh, by ourselves. 
It is something that we receive. It's wealth, it's blessing that we receive simply because of our relation uh, to, to them. In that sense, an inheritance is free. That it comes to us uh, not because we've worked for it. We don't work for it. We receive it because it has already been laid up and it has already been provided for us. How I many knows that's what an inheritance is? It's something that's free to us. We have not worked for it. We have not earned it. And thank God that we have an inheritance as God's children. Can you say amen? God's word tells us that as his children, we have a very sure inheritance that comes to us through Jesus Christ. In fact, 1 Peter says this. Let me read it for you. Beginning in verse, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by the fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with joy, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. How many are thankful for the inheritance that is ours through Jesus Christ? Amen. That even if right now for a little while we suffer and we wait for the full realization of that inheritance, we have a sure word from God that we have an inheritance from God that comes to us through Jesus Christ. Would you agree with me this morning that that is good news? See, God has provided for us through Jesus Christ a glorious inheritance. The Bible says it is imperishable. That means it'll never die. <laughs> that it'll never go away. That means that it is inexhaustible. Now, how many of you know what the word inexhaustible means? How many of you would love to have an inexhaustible bank account? <laughs> That means you could keep writing checks and keep writing checks and keep writing checks and the money would just never run out. Aren't you glad that the inheritance that we have through Jesus Christ is uh, imperishable, that it is inexhaustible? His resources never run out, amen? His mercy never runs out. His grace uh, is always sufficient to every need that we have. Whatever your need is, you can claim that God is able to meet that need because his grace is always sufficient. So we have an, a, an inheritance from Jesus Christ that is imperishable. It, it, never, uh, it is inexhaustible. It will not dry up. It will not go away. It is, it is undefiled. That means that its value is not linked. It's not determined by any, um, any uh, 
currency or any value in this world. Amen. You see the if you see the dollar, the value of the dollar diminishing, and you have stocks in the stock market, then you might be concerned because the value of the dollar is diminishing. Or when uh, the market forces determine the value of the resources, the assets that you have, then you want the market forces, and they go up then you're happy. If I go down, then you're sad. I'm glad that the uh, inheritance that we have through Jesus Christ is not tied to any economy in this world. Amen. It's not tied to any value that this world holds. We don't measure it in terms of dollars or dineros or rubles or, or pesos or any other value or yen. Uh, it, is only val it is only measured in the sufficiency of the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, the inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ is inexhaustible. Uh, its value is not determined by this world. And Peter says that it is unfading. Unfading. It does not grow old. It remains solvent and it remains secure. No matter what the world's conditions are, no matter what's going on in the world around us, it doesn't matter who's... Uh, who, who the president is. It doesn't matter uh, who controls Congress. It doesn't matter who is the head of the Federal Reserve. None of that matters <laughs> because our inheritance is unfading. It's not tied to this world. It's not determined by this world. It's guaranteed by Jesus Christ. In fact, if, if your money uh, is on deposit in a bank that has the FDIC designation, and it sh probably should be. That means that your deposits are guaranteed by the federal government. Now that may or may not give you a good feeling this morning. <laughs> but I'm glad that, that our inheritance in Jesus Christ is not guaranteed by the federal government, amen. It is guaranteed by Jesus Christ. It's guaranteed by God uh, the Father, and therefore it will never fade away. Well, what a, what a wonderful reminder as we celebrate Labor Day this weekend that, that we have an incorruptible inheritance, one that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. Not something that we worked for, not something that we earned, not something that we uh, deserve. We didn't have to work for it. Jesus Christ died so that everything that is his might become ours. You see, that's what an inheritance is. It is something that is passed on to us, not because we earned it, not because we worked for it, but because it was provided for us by somebody who gave it freely to us. So Jesus Christ died for us so that we might receive an incorruptible inheritance. So that everything that he is, we might become. Amen? So that everything that he has, that we might claim it for ourselves also. How many would agree with me what marvelous grace God has poured out on us as sons and daughters of God? We have a wonderful inheritance through Jesus Christ. And we did not earn it. It was given to us. And that... The fact of our, uh, our inheritance is illustrated here in Joshua's conquest of the promised land. Many years after Israel had begun the campaign to possess the land that God had promised to Abraham, God one day says to Joshua, Joshua, no offense, uh, but you're getting old. 
<laughs> now, I still consider myself young, but I admit I hear that sometimes from my uh, kids. I don't hear from my kids that, that uh, want an allowance or want real help. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Two of them are here. Sometimes I hear that, Dad, you're getting, you're getting old. God, God on the case, he said to Joshua, he said, Joshua, no offense, but you're getting old. And um, there's still land that is left to possess. So many years after they had begun the campaign to possess the promised land, there was still land that was not yet possessed. There was still land that had not been uh, claimed. And Joshua, God says to Joshua, Joshua, there's still a lot of the land that I've given to you that remains unpossessed by the children of Israel. God reminds Joshua of his promise. He says to Joshua, remember, I will drive them out before you. The inhabitants of these places that you've not yet possessed, he said, I want to remind you of my promise. I've given this land to you. It's yours. And I promise that I will drive the inhabitants out uh, in front of you. The land is yours. I've, I've already given the land to you, but you must go and you must take possession of the land that belongs uh, to you. Notice how he refers, notice how God refers uh, to the land here. He says, allot it to Israel as an inheritance as I have commanded. In other words, God had already decreed, God had already, and we've talked about this already, God had already said this land belongs to Israel. This land is an inheritance that I am providing uh, to my people. And that's exactly the theme that the New Testament picks up on. That just as Israel, as God's people, had received their inheritance through Joshua, the land that had been promised to Abraham, they received their inheritance through uh, Joshua. Now the church receives its inheritance through Jesus Christ. God has already given it to us. We didn't work to earn it. We don't deserve it, but it is given to us by God through Jesus Christ. And I've already read that passage about our inheritance in 1 Peter, but listen to the book of Ephesians, how it describes our inheritance in Jesus Christ. Paul writes, he says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, uh, in all things in heaven and things on earth. In verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you are, when you heard the words of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of of his glory. You see, through Jesus Christ, God has provided for us everything that we need, a glorious inheritance. He has 
predestined us to share in the glory of Jesus Christ. And just as Israel through Joshua received their inheritance, so the church through Jesus Christ, we receive our inheritance as the people of God. And it's a remarkable parallel, really. It's one that I wish we'd had time to explore in more depth this morning. But we have been given an incredible inheritance through Jesus Christ. Everything that the Word of God promises, it belongs to us because of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again, and that's a good place. I'm going to punch your neighbor real quick, make sure they're awake. Because I've got to get at least one good amen this morning. And this is the spot, all right, for you to throw in a really good amen. Everything that the Word of God promises belongs to us because Jesus Christ died so that you might receive the inheritance of God the Father. Now let me hear it. Amen. Okay, good. That makes me feel much better. <laughs> it's an inheritance that's been provided for us. Not because we worked for it. Not because we earned it. Not because we deserve it but because Jesus Christ died to purchase it for us and to give us everything that is His. Everything that is His, He says, I share it with you. I'm giving it to you as an inheritance because not because you work hard for it, but just because of your relation to me, because you're a son, a daughter of God, because you're my brother, my sister. What wonderful privilege it is. What a wonderful inheritance we share through Jesus Christ. It's free. It's free to us because that's what an inheritance is. It's free. So this inheritance is free, but friends, you have to claim it. You have to be willing to claim it. You have to be willing to uh, pose, <coughs> excuse me, possess the promises that God has made to you. And that's what God is saying to Joshua here in this passage. He is saying, Joshua, this land is yours. It belongs to the children of Israel. I have given it to them as an inheritance. This land is an inheritance, but you must claim it. Listen to this. He's saying, I have made it available to you, but you must avail yourself of it. So God has made our inheritance available to us. Free of charge, it's available, but we must be able to avail ourselves of the promises of God. You see, an inheritance is free in that we have not worked to receive it. We have not done anything uh, to earn it. However, an inheritance is not free in the sense that someone did pay for it. Someone did work for it. In our case, I've already said, that's Jesus Christ. He's paid the price for us so that we might have everything that we need for life and for godliness. An inheritance is not free in that someone did pay for it. And here's the clincher. It often costs you something to possess the promise. It, it, you have to, it does cost you occasionally to possess the inheritance that has been given to you free of charge. You see, here's the thing. To claim an inheritance is to assume responsibility for it. Amen? To, to claim an inheritance is to assume responsibility 
for the inheritance. After you receive an inheritance, Moses, it's up to you what you do with it. To claim it, uh, it's up to you how you will use it and what you will accomplish with it after you receive it. Furthermore, the usefulness of your inheritance, and to some extent, it's the continued value of the inheritance depends on how you manage your responsibility for the inheritance that you've uh, received. And that's what God is saying to Joshua here. He's saying, hey, look, there's still more land for you to possess. It's yours. It belongs to you. It's an inheritance for my people. And I will drive the inhabitants out before you, but you have to possess the land. In other words, he is saying to Joshua, the land is yours, along with all of the resources uh, in it, but you have to be willing to tame the land. You have to be, will be willing to be responsible to possess and to occupy the promises that I've given to you. Listen, an inheritance is not something that you have to work for, but it is something that you have to work with after you receive it. It is, it is something of value that you are responsible to exercise responsibility and management uh, for. If you want the inheritance to increase in value and usefulness, you have to be willing to work with the inheritance that you've received. Let me give you some example. Some examples. Irene and I were driving around just the other day and we were looking at um, driving through some, some farmland and uh, noticed on a couple of places old uh, farmhouses that were falling down and falling, uh, falling apart. Nice houses. In one, at, one, uh, at one time they were nice houses. Uh, porches on the front and large houses, but now they were overgrown with weeds and some of the porches were falling down, roofs were caving, uh, caving in. At some point, I suspect that that house was passed along to somebody as an inheritance, but they failed to keep that inheritance up. And so it was dilapidated and trashy and falling, falling down. We drove through one area where the land was uh, wild and it was untamed. Somebody had received that land as an inheritance uh, from maybe a grandfather or a grandmother. Uh, and, and they were living, they had built a house on that land as part of their inheritance that they had received, but they didn't, they had yet to tame the land and clear the land and plant crops. And I'm not saying that's the only thing you can do with land, but I'm saying they didn't plant any fields there, any crops there. It was, it was untouched. It was untamed. It was, it was unmanaged. Uh, Wealth is, uh, so houses and lands are sometimes left to children and they go uncleared or undeveloped or uncared for. Uh, wealth is sometimes left for children and, and it's sometimes spent and it's wasted rather than invested and used wisely. Sometimes businesses are handed down to new generations and the businesses, rather than being managed wisely and expanded and developed, the businesses are mismanaged and, and they are ruined. Those are just some examples of how you, we can receive an inheritance, but unless we use it, unless we manage 
it. Amen? Unless we exercise some level of responsibility for it, then it can fall into disrepair uh, and it can fall into ruin. Listen, God's, op God's inheritance operates in a similar way. God's inheritance that he gives to us operates in a similar way. He has made provision for us that we would share in the glory of Jesus Christ. That everything that he has, it belongs to us. How many believe that? Everything that he is, we can uh, become. But listen, we have to be willing to claim his promises and begin to exercise our faith in order to make that inheritance useful and valuable in our life. Many Christians, many Christians live at a level that is far below their potential in Jesus Christ. And it's not because they have been given less by God. It is not because they have received less than others. It is because they have not begun to possess the promises that God has already given to them. So they live at a level that is way beyond, uh, way below their potential in Jesus Christ. But because they have failed to possess those promises and exercise their faith and manage uh, the responsibilities and the privileges that God has given to them, then their inheritance is less than what it could be. I, I imagine that sometimes God looks at our lives and says, you know, look at everything that I've given to you. Just like he did for Joshua. Joshua, you're getting old. You're getting advanced in age. And look, there's still, there's still so much more land for you to possess. There's still so much more for you to accomplish. I've given it uh, to you. All you have to do is go and possess it. I'll drive the enemies out uh, before you. I've provided it for you, and yet it's, you haven't possessed what I've given to you. I'm, I imagine that God sometimes looks at our lives in the same way and says, I've given you everything. Look at all of the potential that you have. Look at everything that I've placed in your life. Look at all of the possibilities and all of the opportunities. Everything that Jesus Christ has, it belongs to you, and still there's so much undeveloped potential in your life. And you're remaining where you're at with, with areas in your life that are overgrown, filled with weeds, and are in uh, disrepair. You say we sometimes may make excuses. Excuses like, well, I'm, I'm too old or I'm too young. I don't have the right education. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time to do uh, all that God wants me to do. And listen, those may be excuses for why we fail to take responsibility for what God has given to us. But they are not reasons why you do not have the same opportunity that every child of God has because he has given us everything in Jesus Christ. We have received a glorious inheritance through Jesus Christ. And now it is up to us to begin to exercise faith and to take possession of the promises that God has made to us. Listen, no one, a remarkable thing, I wish I had, I could preach a whole sermon on just this one uh, thing. No one who came to Joshua in the book of Joshua 
that had a legitimate claim to an inheritance was ever turned, turned away. Uh, uh, Caleb, you remember Caleb? He came to, to Joshua and he said, I'm 85 years old. He said, and Moses promised me this part of the land and I've come to claim my promise. And Joshua said, what? Go for it. Take it, right? So it, it, no, nobody was too old. The daughters of uh, Zelophehad, remember them? They came and said, look, we're women. And that day they didn't have much legal standing. We're women, but God uh, promised, Moses promised us this inheritance. And Moses said, what? It's yours. <laughs> nobody who ever came to Joshua with a legitimate claim was ever turned away. But they had to go and possess the land for themselves. No one who comes to Jesus Christ is ever turned away. Jesus doesn't say, well, I'm sorry you're too old or too young. You've got the wrong color of skin. You come from the wrong background. You've got this going on, that going on. No, Jesus never turns anybody away. Amen. And all that is his, he says, I'll make, I've given it to you. If, if you are a child of God, he said, I'm going to pass on my inheritance uh, to you. Nobody is ever turned away. The only question was whether or not they would take possession of what had been promised uh, to them. So he said, it's yours. Go and possess the land. And listen, and that's, that's the question for us. And it's a legitimate question. In fact, the only question for God's people was whether or not, now listen closely to me this morning, the only question for the people of God uh, in the promised land was this. It was whether or not they were going to live as servants or whether they were going to live as masters in the promised land. In other words, it was theirs. God said, Joshua, this land is yours. And there's still inhabitants in these cities. And you're allowing them to keep you from what has been promised to you. But if you will go and confront them, I'll drive them out before you. And so the only decision that the people of God had to make was whether they were going to live as servants in the promised land or whether they were going to live as masters in the promised land. And as they took possession of the land, the Bible says that the people of the land then became forced labor for Israel. In a similar way, the child of God must ask themselves, himself or herself, in Jesus Christ. Now listen, this is what you have to ask yourself this morning. In Jesus Christ, I have been given a glorious inheritance. How many believe that? In Jesus Christ, I have been given a glorious inheritance. I have the right as a son or a daughter of God to claim all of his promises. Therefore, will I live as a servant of those things that would seek to master me? Or will I rise up and with his help, master those things that he has already put under my feet. You see, God has given us a glorious inheritance. There's giants in the land, but God said, listen, those things I'm driving out before you if you will confront them. The only question you have to ask is whether I'm going to live as a servant or whether I'm going to live as a master. Whether I'm going to allow the things in my life to have mastery over me or whether I'm going to make the decision that I'm going to rise up and with God's help, I'm going to master those things in my life and begin to exercise faith and claim the promises of God 
and live at the level that Jesus Christ has made available to me. You see, that's an important decision that each one of us have to make. It's a decision that Joshua had to confront that day when God said to him, Hey, Joshua, wake up. You're getting old. There's a lot of land still to possess, but you've got to go in and possess it. And I sense in a similar way that God is saying to some of us, Listen, not necessarily that we're getting old. That may be the case with some. <laughs> but I suppose God is saying to some of us, Hey, listen, I've given you everything that you need. I've given you a, a glorious inheritance. And all of it belongs to you because you're a son, you're a daughter of God. I've provided it uh, for you. But you have to answer the question. Do I want to continue to live as a servant of those things that would keep me from the promises of God? Or am I going to rise up by faith and with his help gain mastery over those things that would try to keep me from the potential that God has for my life? You see, that's, that's a, huge, it's a huge question. It's a huge issue. God is calling us to exercise the rights, the responsibilities, the privileges of those who have been given a, a rich and a powerful inheritance in Jesus Christ. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head.